Hello, friends, and welcome to the What If Project podcast. My name is Glenn. It is great to have you here today. Uh, this is episode number 15, uh, episode number 15, and we're calling it Church Stop Making People Tithe. Stop Making People Tithe. So before we jump into that, um, a few updates. Number one, my Mark paper that I told you about the last couple of weeks is finished. Uh, So all done in the books. 23 pages, I believe. Um, And it was a theology paper on the Gospel of Mark. And basically it turned out to be nothing like I thought it was going to be. But it came out a lot better than I thought it would. Uh, So not what I thought it would be, but better than I thought it would be. So, um, I'm going to let the professor read it, do what he's got to do, uh, then I'm going to have a phone call with him and kind of talk about it, and then I'm going to attempt to turn it into a podcast, which I don't know what it's going to be like, uh, because it is obviously a paper, it's not like a super technical paper, so I think I can kind of talk you through it, uh, we will see what that is like, but I'm hoping to have that done around Christmas time, that might be like the maybe Christmas week release for the podcast, I'm not really sure. Uh, We'll also have a um, written copy on the blog as well, it will be a blog post, um, a much longer blog post if you'd like to read it, but it will be there. Um, Second thing, kind of cool, updates are coming to the podcast in 2019, so going to change the format the way things work a little bit. Up until now, it's been pretty much all uh, audio versions of the blog posts, and I've had like two interviews in there. We had an interview with Dr. Alexander Shia. Um, We also had an interview with Dr. Um, Phil Snyder, and um, those were my two interviews, and that was it. Now, in 2019, I want to have one interview up a month, so the goal is to have 12 solid, really good interviews, And then the other episodes will be audio versions of the blog posts like we're doing um, right here, right now, today. Um, So probably we'll post the interviews the first week of each month. Um, So the first one for January is already done. February is already done. Um, And then there's, I think I have seven other people lined up um, to do some recordings throughout the early winter, or I should say, I guess, late midwinter at that point. Um, and spring. So uh, excited about that. That's going to be um, a lot of fun. I have some really great um, people lined up, people that I have never heard of until recently, but also some people who whose books and uh, work I've been following for um, a long, long time. So look forward to that. That's going to be um, a lot of fun. Um, but for now, oh, and also, also I should say, um, in those episodes, I'm going to um, the interviews bring in some um, music from some different um, artists that I know. So I work at Apple, and uh, I've met a lot of very talented people that I work with who their kind of side gig is is music. So, you know, I do writing, and I do trying to get this podcast up and going and the What If Project. Other people do do music. I mean, very talented artists who have their albums up on iTunes, um, so really excited to kind of bring some of their music into the podcast um, as 
kind of segues from one piece to another, some nice transitional music, and um, I'll point you to the direction of their stuff so you can find them on iTunes. Uh, but super, super cool stuff coming. Um, I'm excited about it. Um, you should be excited about it too. And we're going to be tackling some uh, much bigger topics uh, in 2019 as well. So we'll go through some different books of the Bible and also once in a while just address certain um, topics that might be of interest to you, uh, different things that I'm wrestling through um, as well. So all of that to say, this is episode number 15, and uh, we are calling it Church Stop Making People Tithe. So Mark says that Jesus sat down in the temple opposite of a place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the treasury. Mark says many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to himself, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. Now, I am sad to say that in the past, uh, I've used this story to encourage my congregations. I've pastored two churches in the past. I've used this passage in both situations to encourage my congregation to give their money to the church. Um, In both of those settings, I've read this passage from Mark's gospel and told people that God is not impressed or pleased when we give uh, to him and to his church from what we have left over. But only when we give him the very best that we have is he really impressed, even if it's everything that we have. And I I told these people that if we give to the point that it hurts, God can and will open up the storehouses of heaven and bless us abundantly. So give your 10%, give your 5%, give 20% if you can. Give what you can, but just make sure that you're not giving out of your abundance like the rich folks were doing. Give from what you have to live on. At one point, I remember it from the pulpit. I actually said, I dare you. I said, I dare you to put God to the test and see what God can do. Give him a chance to work a miracle in your life, in your bank account, in your checkbook. Uh, That's what the widow did, I said. And that's what God expects of his people, right? We live off the best of what we have, and a portion of that, maybe even all of that, like the widow, needs to go to God. Uh, blah, man, when I think back on those days, I'm like, Bleh. I can't believe like I said that kind of stuff. You know, because I'm sad to say that I've used this story way too many times in an effort to like move people's hearts to give to the church so that budgets could be met, so that church boards would stop breathing down my neck, so that the lights and the gas could stay on a little bit longer. Yuck, right? And that's not at all what's going on here. I don't think, anyway. At least I did then, but I don't think so now. Um, in his book, A Warning About the Scribes, um, author uh, Henry Fletterman points out that the, the site of the scribal prayer was the temple, and the cost of the temple devoured the resources of the poor. 
So just prior to the words of Jesus about the widow's offering, um, just a little bit earlier, he warned the crowd to watch out for the teachers of the law who devour, quote, devour widows' houses and show, um, make a show of lengthy prayers. So Flutterman's point in the, in, the, in the short quote is that the temple was the place where the scribes uttered their lengthy and showy prayers. A gigantic structure was the temple that exploited the resources of the poor by sucking them dry of whatever little money they had to live on. I give to the temple, they'd say. Support the house of God. Give, 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 they'd order the people to do. And so Jesus, Mark says, sat down in the temple, opposite of where the treasury was. Now, some scholars say that when people threw their money into the treasury, they had to actually verbally declare to the priest in charge what the money was intended for and how much they were throwing in so that everybody nearby could see and hear. And then they would talk. You know, the Joneses only put in 20. Pete put in 1,000. Did you see that? She only put in a penny, right? But Jesus, mind you, sat down across from this spectacle and didn't say one word until the widow dropped in half a penny. Now, in his book, Bonding the Strongman, we've referred to that book a bunch of times, uh, Ched Myers argues that Jesus sitting down across from the treasury was Mark's way of telling us that he was casting judgment on the whole situation. Here's what he says, The temple has robbed this woman of her very means of livelihood. Like the scribal class, the temple no longer protected widows, but was now exploiting them. As if in disgust, the next thing that Jesus does is exit the temple. And so here we have a much different take on the story than Pastor Glenn Siepert was preaching from the pulpit, right? Because rather than Jesus pointing to the woman as the person that you and I should be like and using her as an example to challenge us to give all that we have, even if it hurts, even if it's everything that we have left because God can work a miracle. Instead of that, he points to the temple and the temple leaders as the people that we should not be like. In other words, rather than trying to teach us about uh, gifts and which gifts put a bigger smile on God's face, Jesus is actually lamenting, right? He's condemning the very system of you've got to give more and more and more, as much as you can, as big as you can. This idea that motivated her uh, to the action of dumping all that she had into the treasury, as well as the people and the scribes and the teachers that taught her to do so. You see, nobody in Jesus' eyes should leave the temple having given so much of their money that they would go home and worry and wonder about where their next meal would come from. Or that they'd lay in bed at night worrying about how they're going to pay their rent. That they'd pace the floors waiting for their creditors to come knocking on the door. All the while the mighty temple was getting bigger, expanding wider, sucking up more money, more income like a gigantic Hoover vacuum cleaner, right? Wiping out the the shriveled up bank accounts of the Jerusalem faithful, all the while lining her own pockets for her leaders with their money. And I think that's a lesson for us in 2018. I'm an important one. I mean, giving to the churches is important. I'm not saying it's not. Okay, so don't, don't email me, hate mail, and tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm not saying that not, not I'm not saying that giving to church is not important. 
Yes, the apostles taught about the importance of sharing money, giving, generosity, all that. I'm not saying it's important. Don't send me emails. But what I am saying, loud, clear, and confidently is this. God forbid we, especially as church leaders, ever teach somebody to give to the point that Jesus shakes his head in disgust and walks out the door. Disappointed and disgusted that we have stooped so low that we, like the teachers in Mark 12, made people believe that God expects them to maybe starve, thirst, shiver in the cold for the sake of building up his temple. And here's something for you. Maybe you're not a church leader. Maybe you're listening to this, you're just an everyday person. Maybe you go to church once in a while, whatever. If you sat in church last week, last month, last year, whatever, and you felt guilt or shame because you couldn't put in as much money in the plate as the Joneses did, or maybe because you couldn't put anything at all, don't. Don't feel shame. Don't feel guilt. Because you can follow Jesus right out the door of that church and not think twice about what anybody else thinks of you. Right? Jesus is not after your money. Um, Jesus does not expect you to go to church and put in the little bit of money that you might have left uh, to live on. He does not expect that. Uh, that's not something that God wants to do. God does not expect his church to exploit um, your lack so that he can step in and, and work a miracle. That's not what this story is about. Right? This story is Jesus sitting down opposite of where that kind of thing was happening and casting judgment on that spectacle and then standing up and walking out. Right? He does not expect you to do that. So church leaders, church pastors, deacons, elders, whatever, if you're listening to this, let's stop pressuring people to put money in the plate every Sunday, especially when a lot of the people that come are not in a place where they feel like they can. That's not the way to do it. Yes, encourage people to give. Encourage people to be generous, but stop it there. Right? Often we take the next step and we go way too far in bringing down shame and making people feel guilty if they let that plate pass by without dropping something in it. Episode number 15, Church, Stop Making People Tithe. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for stopping by the What If Project podcast today. It was great to have you here, and I really just appreciate your, your support. And hey, if this encouraged you at all, if it challenged you, if it pushed you, uh, challenged you in your perspective and how you understand the Bible, uh, I would just ask that you head over to your podcast uh, listening platform of choice, whether that be iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, wherever it is that you're listening to this now, and uh, leave some feedback, leave a rating. Um, those ratings definitely help because it helps uh, bump the podcast up a little bit in iTunes, um, and it gives people also a little bit of a kind of a look as to what to expect when they read what other people are saying about it. So if you could do that for me, that would be fantastic. Also head over to the Facebook page, and um, you can go to Facebook, type in What If Project, the page will pop up. Give it a like, feel free to join in whatever kind of discussion may be going on there. And also keep an eye out uh, for the upcoming online small group. Right now we're in the middle of one for Mark. Uh, there will be coming another one later on, probably very early in the new year. So if you'd like to sign up for that, um, all of the things will be 
up, pointing you in the right direction, and it would be great to see you there. So again, thank you so much for stopping by, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.